So, man, before we move on, Ben, um, I need to correct myself. I need to go back. And it's not Coach Mendez at FYU. It's Coach Melendez. Mad respect to him. Like I said, man, when we took Nick to uh, ASU and then he's moved on. And like I said, he's the main guy at, uh, at FIU. So I want to make sure I corrected myself. So, man, one of the other things that's kind of get into is like, aside from the speed of the game, which we all know as you move up in levels from high school to college, college to the pro ranks, speed of the game changes dramatically, right? Even like you touched on from rookie ball to high A to A ball, double A, so forth, so forth. That all, we all know the, the game speeds up. What were the other things that kind of surprised you getting into college ball from high school and then from college into pros aside from speed of the game? The amount of basically preparation that you had to put in probably to go into the game. Uh, obviously, college, you're, you're practicing a ton. I mean, you're on the field a ton. You're scrimmaging, you're inter-squatting. The preparation all for that, that weekend series yeah. um, to that. And then for the fall, into winter with weight training. And it, it's it's almost, it's more of a structured, I guess, atmosphere, because you're away from mom and dad. Mom and dad aren't taking you to, to lessons anymore. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's not like, hey, you gotta, it's, you're on your own schedule. Yeah. And it's what you get in, what you put in is what you're gonna get out of it. And yeah. so the coaches are obviously there to guide you and to help you, because obviously the better you play, the better they, you know, the team does, the better the team does, the better they look, and, and, and you win a bunch of games. So the preparation, and then in pro ball, when you transfer into there, it's, it's it's all on you. You know, there's no more college coach or telling you scheduling out where you're, hey, we got weights at eight, you got study hall at this. Pro ball, it's report date is March 15th. Make sure you're ready. Yeah. And, and that was kind of a big adjustment and I leaned on to my friends that had played before. It's like, so when do you start, you know, we just get done. When do you start throwing again? When do you start hitting again? When do you start, you know, really cranking up the baseball kind of activity? So I kind of leaned on them and, and kind of yeah. blended in my own and by the time you know after that fifth or sixth year I kind of had blended in exactly yeah. what works for me but it takes a little bit of time and trial and error but yeah mainly I the main thing is preparation I guess is yeah along with the speed of the game yeah and then so you know we talked a little bit about like you coming up and and even us kind of coming up old school right and mm -hmm. now kids have technology I mean even here at the Hack Shack we got Rap Soto we got KVest we got uh, win virtual reality. I mean everything you can possibly need from a tech standpoint, but we still keep that old-school vibe here, right? Do you ever think like you're in it at the high school level as a coach? Do you ever think we're ever gonna get back to old-school and just see the ball hit the ball? I think you see it in the big leagues with the sabermetrics and yeah. the an analytics and, and all that stuff and, and I think you can get really bogged down in all of that. And you can get bogged down into the, the different angles and the different, you know, and it comes down to just catching the ball, throwing the ball, hitting the ball. I mean, baseball is, is not, you cannot reinvent this game. Yeah. You know, the pitcher, my dad always said, you got, a pitcher's got to throw it across the plate, Ben, for you to hit it. Yep. If he doesn't, he's going to walk you all day long. The pitchers still have to throw strikes. Yep. Hitters still have to get a good pitch and actually put barrel on the ball. Infielders still have to move your feet. You know, outfielders still got to go. The game has not really changed. And changed in 100 years. It's just the 10. <laughs> you're not going yeah. to reinvent the wheel here. It, it's just the – now, taking all that into, into account, the virtual reality stuff, pitch recognition type stuff, um, training for your eyes. Um, I did a little bit of that when I was playing, just eye exercises, trying to strengthen my eyes, reaction time with what I could see. 
to try to pick up location or pick up spin a little bit better best I could. So I think this, there's so many tools out there that if you, you kind of get bogged down into it, but I kind of make what, make what it is and make it your own. You know, there's T-work, there's front toss, there's side toss, there's, you know, live BP, you know, each hitter has to kind of figure out what works for them. And the only way to really figure that out is to put in the time and grind it and figure out what works for each individual player. And then when you go to a college or a high school, the challenge there is to be able to adapt into that own program. So a lot of times what we'll do is we'll teach hitters, you know, on our private lessons, how to particularly swing a bat and what we want them to do. Well, then the, the feedback from the coach in the high school is, I don't want you doing that, I want you doing this. Yeah. So now it puts the, the hitter into a kind of a conflicting yeah. scenario. It's like, well, do I listen to this guy I've been going to for years or do I listen to a high school coach who writes the lineup out? Yeah. And I said, and I always tell them there's, there's a blend of both. And, and, and if that coach wants you to see something that I can't maybe see, take that, take that feedback. Yeah. Take that constructive criticism and go with it and, and just do it. And at the end of the day, if you put the barrel on the ball a lot, you're going to see the lineup a lot. So. You got that right. Yeah. <laughs> you're but, the, that coach going to be like, yeah, there you go, there you go. As long as you're barreling it up. Yep. Oh, there you go. Now you got the adjustment. <laughs> yep. You know, so Coach Anthony just got back from a, a pitching convention over at uh, Texas Baseball mm-hmm. Ranch over in Montgomery, right? Shout out to those guys, man, doing some great stuff. So kind of touching on that, you know, like we've always kind of been like, hey, weighted balls, yes, no, whatever. And, and I've talked to my buddy Franco about it. And he's like, look, man, it's just really kind of when you get to the pro ranks, what works for you? You know, for him, he was like, I'm not a weighted ball guy. You know, I'm a long toss guy. Mm-hmm. I'm a run guy. You know what I mean? So um, kind of really, how, when did you find out what your process was? Was it like in high school? Was it in college? Like. What, when, when did you find out what worked for you? So watching my dad, watching, like I said, my dad played, and he played up there in South Dakota, and they have a really big amateur scene okay. up there in the summer, and they have a huge tournament, it's town ball. Mm-hmm. And all these little towns in South Dakota have their, their little town teams, and everybody, you play on the same team every year, and, and you play in these little leagues, and they have a big state tournament at the end of the year, so it's really competitive town ball, amateur baseball Okay. There. And so I grew up going to those games and watching my dad and watching him prepare and then watching my, you know, we'd go to the cages with my dad's friends and we'd hit and um, we would just put in the work and you find out, like I said, we put in the time. I'd hit hit wiffle balls into a golf net um, in my garage. We'd go hit live BP. You know, for me, it was live BP was what really kind of worked for me. Not live off the mound, but just batting practice. Yeah. I could really work on some balls. I could track some things. Um, I really liked T work as I got older, just for some kind of some one-handed drills. Mm-hmm. I really liked the one-handed drills. And after that, I never really liked um, front toss. Yeah. I didn't want to see the ball coming just like a softball underhand. Yeah. I wanted to see something coming overhand. So for me, it was was I would do my one-hand drills off the tee, take my rounds in BP, and usually that was I was feeling pretty good at that point. And that's a good question you asked, Paul. Um, I think we see it a lot, like at the high school level, and I'm. I think all of us were guilty of it at one time when you play at high school, beginning years of college. Is not really having a routine and not knowing what a routine is, and not really knowing. Some guys just show up to the field and lollygag little stretches, kind of you know put the cleats on and then go right into picking the baseball up and throwing it, and not having that routine to get your body going, get your your mind right, everything, get everything you know going for that game. It makes a huge difference. Like you can see it 
huge, big time. That's one thing I want to make sure we, you know, taking the St. Mary's Hall is making sure that those guys have a little routine. And you're never going to find that out until, like you said, grind it out. Mm -hmm. Hit those wiffle balls, hit those balls, get those pitches. You're never going to know until you actually start doing it and finding out what worked. Man, this feels this feels good. This got me really prepared for the game. Taking these reps before really helped out or not. Some of these kids don't even put the time in to like, find out a routine, find mm -hmm. out what works for them. Um, and that's, that's, yeah. that's why I say you love it. you you got to grind it out. you got to figure out what works for you and put the time in. For me, it was just I had to put in the work to feel good and confident. Yeah. I put some guys who could just show up and hit. Like, you know, they just they could get four hits on Christmas Day. Just rolling out of bed. I'm like, that wasn't me. I had to put in the time and effort um, to feel good. But, yeah. but again, it's, it's within the team concept, especially in high school. You have all these individuals. They're growing. They're going through <laughs> – testosterone's kicking in and they thinking but it's it's within the program and in having that structure as you're starting out coaching having that structure having that we stretch at this time every day it's these same stretches it's the same you know pro ball it was we were creatures of habit i mean mm -hmm. you, know, you put your pants on at you know game time at seven you put your pants on at six thirty-five. You, you do your final stretches you go out to the field at like six forty. you know it's you almost have it down to the minute um in preparation to the game and that just gets your mind more than anything ready to go compete yep um so kind of fast forward right app let's talk a little bit about life after mm -hmm. baseball right you retire in 2008 after a little stint in indie ball you know run us through you know like you said earlier everybody at some point or time gets called away mm -hmm. from the game whether it's life whether it's you're released whether it's you play your last game of high school, last game of college, you don't get drafted, whatever the case may yeah. be. So kind of run us through, like, I know you said that was really a conscious decision on your part. And wife was kind of like, mm -hmm. no, let's go one more year. But I know fast forward, you're working for Don Joy, kind of in the medical area. Tell us a, a little bit about that. So getting, when I, when I decided to retire and I wasn't going to play, I was really at peace with it. I was good. Um, I played six years. I'd given it everything from since I was five years old. Yep. And, and that's all I ever wanted to do. And even though I didn't accomplish the major league goal, I would accomplished more than probably what I was probably set out to do. So I was very blessed to be able to play for that long, had the experiences that I had. I had a, it was kind of a what's next for me. And I kind of was, had the luxury of, um, you know, I was married at the time and my wife was a teacher. So um, we had moved to San Antonio. So I knew I needed, I had two years of school left. Um, so my buddy who had retired the year before kind of grew up in Central Texas and was going back to school at Texas State. Okay. So he's like, dude, come up here. Like, we'll, we'll do this, and, and I'll introduce you to my advisor. So I went up there and met the advisor, and that was a little bit different because being, a, being an athlete and registering for classes and getting your books is a lot different than being a non-athlete. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, – yeah, I was like, what do you even have to like log on to like sign up for classes? And my wife's like, yeah, you get like a sign in time and then you go, you go sign up for classes. I'm like, well, how do you do that? And, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, well, they're like, get your like books. I'm like, you get to go buy your book. I'm like, you know, I was playing dumb with yeah. it, but I was like, a lot of stuff I really didn't know. So, like, um, that was a little bit of adjustment. Um, one time I didn't fill something out. So, like, I got dropped out of like all of these classes and I get a thing in the mail. It's when I was playing my last year. I got our mail was coming here. I was in St. Paul. And, yeah, you've been dropped out of your class. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, it's like to re-register, like, at the very end of, like, right before the semester. So it was a big but, but I went back, um, majored in exercise science and business, um, ended up just pouring everything I had right to school to finish there. 
And from there, I worked for um, Baseball Express. Oh, yeah, so that's went, right. Right until I was like, well, let me just transition a little bit. I'm not quite done with baseball yet, so let me just mm-hmm. – I uh, worked for there for seven years, um, which was great. I had a great time. Kept me involved in talking to coaches and friends yep. and kind of kept me in the game there. I loved it. Lots and of then, connections through there. Yeah, so it was kind of fun. And then um, now I work for Donjoy, so I'm doing orthopedic soft goods here in Central Texas. And, yeah. Um, working with Coach Kribner, another – my partner in the territory. Yep. So we – when he calls me, it's coaches baseball or work. Like which one? Which one is it? It's about fifty fifty. Like yeah. yeah, so it's good. Yeah. But I, but I enjoy it. I enjoy helping people. Um, it still allows me the ability to coach my son and his teams yeah. and and kind of work with that. So I love it. And you know, so I mean, obviously, like I said, Don Joy is not the only game in town. Mm-hmm. They're probably the biggest well-known game in town. But so obviously, it's competitive, right? And you're out there fighting for sales. What has your past mm-hmm. and competitiveness as a baseball player through high school, college, pros, what have you taken into your day-to-day grind as a salesman, you know, and, and getting it done? So two things we can always control is our attitude and our effort. I can't control what's happening outside of my, my area of, of what I can control. So I know that I can wake up every day with, with a good attitude, positive attitude. I can go out and I can make a difference hopefully so that's what I can control and I really can't speak to you know whoever is else out there and that's what, what I say to, to accounts and customers and patients who ask me I was like this is what I this is what I can do for you and, and I just take that same mentality as far as baseball is taking every day as a new day whether I had a great day yesterday or bad day today's a new day the sun came up yep. and, and I got to be able to grind and plan it out similar to what I would do in baseball okay who are we playing the next day who we face in a righty, lefty, who is it, if I faced him before, I would keep a little journal so I'd be able to look up kind of what we did, yep. similar to what I do now. Okay, what's tomorrow have in store? So I plan out my days, it's very um, very planned, just like I was playing, like going to a game. So you have, you have good games and bad games still. So, <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of what I've taken from baseball and just the, the failure of baseball, the failure being in sales, like getting here, getting here no, why here not yet, is when somebody tells me no. Yeah. Um, not yet. Okay, I'll come back. Yeah, I'll come back two more times. Yeah, three more times. Dude, but then, good. but the baseball side of it is is you're down, you're down, you're down, you're down, you're failed, you failed, you get back up, you get back up with a good attitude, with with, with thinking you can do it. So, yeah. And hopefully yeah. That, that my son sees that and I kind of install that in my kids. Yes. And, and, um, have him see that. Have him see my attitude going to work every day. And I tell him, you know, when they go to school or we go to church, and I say, you get to go to school today. You get to go to school get to go to church today and it's kind of just that that mindset of, of you yeah. get to do this there's a lot of people that don't so yeah you know like man you know with this covid stuff you know i mean obviously it changes a lot of things right kids didn't get to play their mm-hmm. senior year last year you know we got we were fortunate to play summer ball and stuff you know we always told our kids and i'm sure y'all did the same like you never know if this could be your last game like yeah. um, and, and then it's gone tomorrow okay. so you know i mean Take, take advantage and, and play it like it is your last game. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Hustle down the line. You know what I mean? It, it's amazing to me, and you can probably attest to this, how many college coaches, scouts, whatever, say, man, I like the way that kid plays. Like, he doesn't have all the talent in the world, but I love the way he plays. He plays hard. He plays the game right. You know, and, and today and all the bat flipping and all the hot dogging and showboating, mm-hmm. I mean, for me – and. I like going to see you guys play too, like at Sachs, because I know Kripner and you, that's something y'all instill in your program. 
And I'm sure, you know, Anthony's going to probably take the same kind of attitude and winning attitude that we've established here to St. Mary's Hall. So um, looking forward to seeing it, man, and hopefully it happens. I can't wait to get out there this year and watch y'all, especially since y'all play each other. <laughs> I got that one marked on my calendar like, okay, don't. No lessons, no nothing that day. We're, we're, we're going to, we'll be gone. So. Close for business. Close yeah. for business. Baby. So, uh, man, kind of in the last of our segment, we kind of like to run through everybody like a little fire, fire questions, fire. hot fire questions, whatever you want to call them. So some of them may not be too quick, but, you know. So if you could go back, man, and face any pitcher, past or, or present, who would be the one guy when you were really – in your prime that you would want to face? None of the good guys. Never wanted to face those guys. No <laughs> chance. Those guys are so good. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, those guys are so good at the big league yeah. level. And, but it is a, com- a competitive thing. And you grow, you play in the minor leagues and you play against all these guys and you see these guys just move through the ranks. Next thing you know, they're pitching in the show. Yeah. And you see some guys that, for whatever reason, get injured, get hurt. We talked about Nick Lee. Like, that guy's a big league pitcher. Yeah. He just got hurt. He just, yeah. his, his body ran out of time before he could get there. Yeah. Um, so man, none of them now. You wouldn't want somebody to start that now. No, none in your yeah. prime. In your prime, who'd you like? There's not a guy you like to face that you were like, man, I would have liked to see that guy. Like, so there were some guys that were, you know, the top prospects, and, and, and you know that they were the number one pick, or you knew that these guys were coming up, mm-hmm. and um, you knew you knew what you had to do that game, or else you kind of get embarrassed. You go four four punch outs. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and me playing as long as I had, I really I tell the kids all the time, like I've done it all. So. Mm-hmm. I've been four for four. I've been zero for four with four punch outs. Like not a good day, bad yeah. days. Like yeah, for the cycle, like get into all these double play. Like I've I've done it all, guys. So don't well, don't be down on one thing. Yeah. So yeah, not one. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that I would, no? that I would want to face again. What uh, I know you never got to make it to the big bigs, bigs mm-hmm. but what was your like welcome to the bigs moment like in the minor leagues? Like wow, this just happened. I just faced this guy. I just saw this guy. Welcome to the bigs. Like damn. Welcome to, to pro ball when, when yes. you're going and, like, you put your jersey on and then you walk by the bathroom and you see the mirror and you see what jersey you have on and you look at where you're at. You're like, okay, let's do this. That's awesome. And you go out you see the big leaguers. Um, you see them on that field because we're on the backfield. And you're like, okay, that's where I got to be. Yeah. And then you see guys that you've played with, similar abilities, that make it. And that's like okay, I can I can do this. I got this. So, um, so it's kind of a, a correlation, you know, yeah. combination of all of those. It was kind of like I said yesterday. I never took it for granted one day put on that uniform because there's a lot of people back home that would have done anything they could yeah. for one day. Mm-hmm. And um, that was kind of yeah. Whenever I put that on, it was I loved it. So yeah. So I know you and your boy are kind of decided on being Astros fans, right? Before they really blew up yeah. and all that stuff. But you got you got drafted by the Twins out of high school, didn't go. Mm-hmm. Got drafted by the Braves. So who's your team, man? Like, so, um, <laughs> like yeah, uh, who yeah, is, yeah. like, deep down, like, growing up, who so, is your team so as a kid? So growing up, South Dakota, a lot of people are Twins fans. And yeah. the Rockies are kind of close, but I'm like, no way, man. Like, hmm. They're terrible. But, yeah, I'm like, okay, but... But the Braves back in the day, man, TBS. Yeah, Tomahawk Chop. Winning the division titles every single year. So I'm like, that's my team. I was up front, you know. All my kids now are all Warriors fans. Now they're all like, you know, my dad was an elementary PE teacher. So yeah. 
he would know he would know what teams are good. If he didn't watch any sports, he would know just by what the what the kids are wearing. The kids are wearing. Yeah, Warriors juice. No, so you don't see me Warriors. They got last place. So you don't see much Warriors stuff anymore. No, now no. you'll start seeing some Lakers stuff, but maybe not in San Antonio. But no. you gotta be careful. But yeah, it's um. So when I got a baseball, though, I didn't really have a team. It was kind of weird. Like I, I wasn't a fan really of, of baseball anymore since I played it. And yeah. so there was a couple years, especially when I went back to school, I kind of just put all my focus there. I really didn't watch a lot of baseball. Um, other than just following some of my friends. Mm-hmm. And when my son was born, I was like, okay, I gotta bring that passion kind of like my dad had. Of, you know, he's a Dodger fan, but we, we'd watch baseball tonight at night, you yep. know, instead of the news. <laughs> we'd watch, we'd, we'd get baseball cards and we would look at box scores and we would, you know. Yeah. So I had to kind of become a fan again with my son and want him to show that same enthusiasm for the game. So we, we jumped on the Astros bandwagon when they were terrible. Yeah. So I was like, all right, man. When I was holding with his little baby. I was like, we're gonna be Astros fans. We're close to Houston. We can go to their games. <laughs> yeah. So we took him there as a as a one year old. He went to his first game. Got a ball. Got him like everything. So yeah. so we're Astros fans now. Yep. We're gonna stick with it. We're gonna stick with it. We're in there for it, man. So it's kind of it'll it'll be a cool thing growing up. And, and and my goal when I when I coach baseball is to have these kids still enjoy baseball when they get done playing and get done coaching with me. So I always tell these little kids like the best thing ever is for. You know, you hear the term daddy ball. I'm like, there's nothing better than, yeah. than talking baseball with your dad and watching a baseball game and him watching you play. Like, that's his, yeah. you know, now that I get to watch my son, it's such an enjoyment for me to go watch him play and compete and without having to try to keep my mouth shut. So it's, it's kind of hard to, to be as a player and a coach and just let him not bring my own career, my own expectations <laughs> into his yeah. and just let him play the game for what it is and, and enjoy the game. So... Yeah, we're, we're having fun with it. Nice. Um, Nike or Adidas? Under Armour. Under Armour. Wow, I didn't even put them in there. Yeah. Saks is a very Adidas school. We're Adidas school at Saks, but um, yeah, I'm an Under Armour guy. Yeah. yeah? Yeah. Under Armour guy? Yep. You know, um, this old man that used to play a little bit of poker with us, we were playing poker one night, and we're all getting there, and I had an Under Armour shirt. He's like, oh, God, take that shirt off. And he is an ornery old man, just always a jerk. And I was like, dude, he was like, oh, man, I, I had a chance to be one of the first investors in that company. Oh, He's like, and I passed. He goes, now every time I see that logo, I just want to throw up. And I was like, that's not my fault. I'm going to still wear it. So. Yeah, I like this material. That's a big, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a big miss. That's a big miss. Big, big miss. Big miss. Big, big miss. So you're getting ready to hit a um, couple of weeks away, man, from season. Mm-hmm. What's the goals for for the Sacks baseball team in 2021? So we talked about it, and, and you know, for, for baseball coaches, if we only teach them about baseball, we've totally missed the boat yeah. on that. So for, with the luxury at Sacks being able to coach these guys at a Christian school, mm-hmm. so that opens up a lot of different teaching opportunities for these kids for life. And baseball teaches you life through everything you do. And you can apply that to what Christ did. Our focus this year is prayer with these boys. Like, what does prayer mean to them? And they're coming from all different backgrounds. Even when they go to Christian school, they may not know the Lord. They may not know a relationship or what it even means to pray. Um, so that was kind of our main focus this year. Is we talk about prayer and we pray about it. And, um, and just to have these conversations with these 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old kids and watch how they evolve from when we get them when they're freshmen and kind of that they realize that our program is more about, not just about baseball winning games, but it's about preparing them for life, preparing for life and yeah. preparing them for 
the ups and downs. So our goal this year is to always have that. And then obviously the goal this year is to, we've established a, a precedent now of, of we want to get back to the state tournament. And just because we've lost a bunch, we need to reload. Um, that's the, that's my whole high school coach, um, we want to be one of the final two teams playing on the last day. That's our goal. Mm -hmm. yep. However we can get there, we're going to get there. Scratch, fight, you know, whatever we need to do. But we want to be the last two teams playing. And that's still our goal. So we, you know, we're going to teach the game the right way. We're going to play the game the right way. Um, but that's kind of what, we're, what we strive out to be. So I know you've said before, no interest in ever being a head baseball mm -hmm. coach. But if they offered you the head baseball coach at your old high school alma mater, oh, would that change your mind? They got a really good coach there right now. And I've actually had so my, another one of my friends took over from our legendary coach. Gotcha. And his name is Mitch Messer. And he, was, he actually grew up two, three houses down from me when we were little kids. Yeah. And he always tells a story that my dad made me be a left-handed hitter. Mm -hmm. A bad left throw, right? So he says he can still remember being on his deck and having my dad. You could hear my no, you're left-handed. Get back over there. Like, <laughs> which both of my sons now bat left and throw right. Go. So, um, but yeah, but so he took over, did a great job, and now they have another guy there that seems Kelvin Torby, who mm -hmm. played in the big leagues for the Mets, the Twins, played in Japan, and he's kind of moved back there to kind of overtake the the job. So they're in good hands there. But that would be a cool job to go back. And, That'd be the one that you might consider. You got, but here's the problem with that: you have to leave. This beautiful San Antonio, yeah, you guys, exactly. it's December you go 29th it's... <laughs> and it's 75 degrees here. I played golf the other day, like there's some golf up there in South Dakota. That's the, that's the only setback. You have to actually live up there the, the yeah. other nine months. So um, yeah, that would sure. be kind of a, a no. My wife would not go for that, I'll tell you that. She's Texas-born, so she will not move to South Dakota. Yeah. So I know you're an avid golfer, man. Um, what kind of handicap do you carry? So it should be a lot better for how much I play. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> like, I love going to play, man. Like I, you know, I, I get competitive at it, but I enjoy just going out there with, yeah. um, you know, I got a little group of, of guys that we've grown up playing. I play yeah. with my brother-in-law a lot and I love making side bets with him because I can easily get in his head and no problem and beat him every time. But um, I just love going to play, compete against yourself, compete against the course. And um, yeah, <laughs> working on the handicaps. Working be, on yeah, it. stay tuned. So, they come to you and tell you, all right, you can play one golf course for the rest of your life. Mm. What's that golf course? So, I had the best experience going to, so I had a good buddy who, shout out to Jasper, he was the assistant golf professional at TPC Sawgrass. Oh. So, yeah. every year That's at a spring good training, I would leave a few days earlier, I'd go to Jacksonville, and he'd hook me up, and we'd play TPC Sawgrass man, yeah. every year. So, nice. I can't... There's not too many courses. Obviously, Augusta would be a, yeah. a dream of every golfer, I think, to play that course. And, um, you know, there's some, a lot of good courses around in Texas, too. So yeah. um, trying to check them off my bucket list here. But Yeah. So, I'll grab, so we played this summer. We actually went to tour and played Tour 18, mm -hmm. which was a huge mistake because it was 100 degrees. It was 105 degrees that day. <laughs> it was just brutal. But the course itself, so, and they kept up with it to the nines. It was perfect. Yeah, yeah. Every you hole get to, was perfect. You get to that amen corner and come around and a little sign, and we're just like, oh, this is okay, cool. This is cool. Yeah. Yep. And you play the Island Green for Sawgrass. So, but, you uh, dunk it? No, I you hit probably, the green. You probably stuck it. Man. I hit the I yeah. hit the green. I hit yep. the green on the backside. I said I think we all do. I think we yeah, all got lucky. Really? Uh, I think we all hit the green. A lot of people don't know is how short that hole actually is. Yeah. 
Yeah, you got a wedge. Yep. Sand wedge, something. And like those that. guys in the pros, but once everybody's watching you, yeah. you may grip that you grip that club a little bit. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have no idea, man. Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable the amount of pressure that happens when you play mm-hmm. golf professionally. Like it's just when especially like you've heard stories of Lee Trevino like playing five dollars a hole and he's got five dollars in his pocket or mm-hmm. no money in his pocket like it's crazy man and the way the the ha- the pressure that those guys handle is just beyond it's just beyond world class it's unbelievable um so you've had a fortunate career to go through some really good coaches high school college pro ranks is there anything you've taken from any one of those guys into your own career as a mm-hmm. coach? Yeah, you definitely take bits and pieces of each coach you've had. And, and obviously high school, it was the, the structure of the program and the, and the tradition of excellence is what we call it back there, of just having that foundation of all these people that have come before you and put on that uniform for, your, for that school and to have that legacy of this is the expectations, to have that program. High, uh, college brought a little bit more of an intensity to it. Um, yep. You know, he still knew of our background of, of what we did there, kind of adopt that, and just added a lot of intensity to it. And in pro ball, it's just a little bit different because you have so many different managers and coaches, and um, you, you know, they're just they're they're making the lineups, they're doing that. They're not really structured as far as a program, as far yep. as they're within the system. But and then my dad's just you know playing the game the right way, which means you know I should never be able to tell by you running down the baseline if you're 0 for four or four for four. Yep. and just helping your team win. So just a lot of different things from a lot of different coaches. That, and, then, and then from Coach Krippner, like how he runs a program. I've learned probably the most about running a program probably from him and kind of what we do there and teaching the game um, is the big thing there and understanding why we do certain things, why we need to be where we are, backing up bases, and just kind of the whole, you know, he has a book, and we, we give the yeah. players a test. Yeah. And the players have to pass the test in order to practice. And <laughs> I, would, I, I don't know if I would have passed it the first time I looked at it, but you know, just having that expectation and that the kids know that there's gonna be a test and they're reading the book, they're reading the material, um, and it's Prepare. all there. It's all you need to mm-hmm. yeah, yep. He sent it to me. I'm like you. I don't know if I would have passed it the first time. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know if I could pass this either. Yep. Dang, it's crazy. So one of man got a couple more, and then we'll let you get out of here, man. So the big one I always ask a lot of the guys, at least the hitters. Um, Aside from yourself, game-winning run at third base. Any of your teammates, high school, college, who's the guy you want in there swinging it? Man, that in college, um, there was a bunch of good guys in college that were just clutch, man. We had a great team. Probably like the most clutch guy I think was probably almost my roommate who played first base in the Western Kentucky, Marcus Ross. Like, that guy was just clutch. The clutch. Everything. Yeah, he just he got it. He just had it. And and, I, and that guy would wear a pitch like no other. Like, he led the team in hit-by-pitches almost every year. I'm like, <laughs> how do you just stand in there and just take that pitch? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's nothing. But but he would do it. Yeah. I was like, that's amazing. A little bulldog. I love it, man. Yeah. He was really, <laughs> his nickname was a slot. So he was like, maybe yeah. he had some, like, more. Yeah, but he was funny, man. Yeah. He would, like, he clutch up, man. He would get that hit. So it was cool. Yeah. Um, so you played at a lot of stadiums, you know, uh, of course, you know, Ken Poppy. So Ken Poppy and Poppy and I get to talking a lot about baseball at night, you know, after all the lessons are gone and everything. And we've always talked about 
different places he played in minor leagues, mm-hmm. big leagues, et cetera, et cetera, right? So do you have a favorite place you like to play when you were at the minor leagues? So I, I love going to each – each minor league town and seeing their stadium and seeing their the um, fan base, how crazy fan those fans base. go Yeah, for. so, you know, for me it was more, um, <laughs> I would, the first thing I would look at uh, when I pulled up to a stadium was the lights. What kind of lights do these people have? Like, okay, really? this is going to be, yeah, it's going to be a crappy old stadium, it's going <laughs> to be crappy lights, like, yep. I better get my knocks early, man, because it's going to be dark, you know, by the end. Um, Myrtle Beach is really cool. I was, I was two years in Myrtle Beach. That was a, such a cool stadium, right on the beach. Um, the only problem with that stadium is that because it was located on the beach, it was the wind would literally blow in from left yeah. center Became every a graveyard. day. So it was, it was a struggle. But surface-wise, stadium-wise, that was awesome. Fans-wise, St. Paul Saints, no, no, no question. Yeah. It was. A, they got a new stadium now, and they get. I think they get Stadium of the Year every year. Um, they've actually switched it now. It's not going to be independently. It's going to be the Twins Triple A team. Oh, St. Paul's going to be there. So, But the fans, it was, it was an old stadium, and they would play. it was a terrible surface. Yeah. Our locker room was like a gym, like a middle school gym lockers, yeah. like the old school, <laughs> like you could lock somebody in it. Like, But it was the <laughs> atmosphere, the energy. Like you show up to a Saints game at 4 o'clock, there's people already tailgating like it's a college football game in the oh, parking wow. lot. And you'd see the barbecue smoke, and you'd see everything. So by game time, it was it was that parking lot was absolutely packed of tailgaters, like like a college football game, and it was awesome. That's awesome, man. So, um, like you said, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. Last question, man. So we'll get you out of here. I'm looking forward to you guys going at each other this Mm -hmm. this spring. So Anthony's fortunate enough to get the new assistant coaching job at St. Mary's Hall slash pitching coach job at St. Mary's Hall. What advice would you give him, man, kind of coming into his first year at a private school, tap school, mm-hmm. that probably wouldn't have to face or deal with that at like a big school at a Reagan or a Johnson or something like that? Well, the luxury we talked about yesterday that your numbers are a lot less than what you would face at like some of big 6A, 5A high school. I think you said how many players on the whole program, it's 14, 15. Yeah. We've had those years at Sachs before where we've had um, 16 players in the whole program. So you can really get to know these kids on a one-on-one basis and build those relationships and build that trust. And you just have more time to actually break people down and work with them. Rather than having 30, 40 kids in a practice, it's tough to, you miss a lot of things because you you're just yeah. not there. Mm-hmm. They're almost gonna get a one-on-one you know, coaching experience from you. And then just patience, man. That's the biggest thing and just remove yourself from from playing, being a player, now you're a coach. It took a little bit of adjustment too for me. Like, I'm not, I'm not a player anymore, I'm a coach. And kind of learning that and having that that patience and understanding that they're gonna make a lot of mistakes and that's okay. That's probably um, the hardest thing into mm-hmm. coaching in your very first couple of years of coaching right out of playing mm-hmm. is taking yourself out of that player's mentality, yeah. that, that player prospect out of that player's like, yeah, mentality of it and making sure you're a coach now and not Saying what you want to say, mm-hmm. you can't do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's been times of those summer where I'm like, hey, hey y'all, don't, y'all don't play no more. Dude. Like, <laughs> relax, bro, yep. relax, relax, relax. You can't keep the competitiveness out of us. We still, yeah, yeah we still, coach got calm me down sometimes. I calm coach down probably more than anybody. Like, coach, come on, man. I don't want to, you can't get yeah. tossed, man. So we're yeah, Krippner's yeah. intense. Krippner's yeah. intense, man. Yep. No doubt. And then shout out to Mike. I, I wish he was He's still here, guy. but man, I, another guy that just, God, love 
just sitting there and talking to him and Ken at the end of the night. And I mean, just he just did everything the right way. Yeah, he did everything the right way, and I'm sure he still takes. He does it still at Sacks. I'm sure. So, uh, man, Ben, thanks. I, I can't thank you enough, man, for coming through and and joining us on the podcast, man. Two nights in a row. It's been a blast. Um, Man, hopefully we can do another one down the road, you know, after the season. After the season, yeah. there we go. So we can talk about who uh, won in the grudge match between St. <laughs> Mary's Hall and Sachs. Sounds like it's Alamo Cafe, a side bet, man. There, there you go. go. Shout out so to we, those we guys. Right, yeah. tortillas either way. Again, so shout out good. to those guys again. Great tortillas. Hey, we're looking for sponsors, Alamo <laughs> <right>. Cafe. <laughs> but, man, I'll let you get out of here, man. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule, man, and getting away from the kids and wife and all that stuff, man, around the holidays and – have a happy new year, man, and we'll see you in 2021, brother. Blessed. Appreciate awesome, it, man. Thank, Thank you. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, Ben. Until next time, brother, we're out. Hack Shacks out. Peace.